What is up, college baseball fans? Welcome to episode three of the 11.7 podcast brought to you by Press Sports. Press Sports is the number one college baseball recruiting app as well as other sports. Uh, it's a very, very convenient, easy way to upload your highlights and uh, get your get your highlights shown by uh, and seen by other college coaches and other friends. So you guys go check it out. Download Press Sports. A good friend of mine founded it, and it's an amazing app to use. So let's get this show started. Welcome into College Baseball's number one podcast, the 11.7 podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Dimitri, and we're here to discuss opening weekend of team practices. They're officially underway. Dimitri, it's great to have you. What's going on, man? It's another week. Um, college baseball is a little bit closer. Teams are rolling. Um, there was some uh, some funny i guess depending on how you look at it i love beef i love beef going on this weekend um some other things going on but we're here to talk to you all about it yeah so dimitri already kind of hinted at it we're going to talk about the uh little twitter rivalry between mississippi state and arkansas already kicking off the new year with some hilarious twitter content uh, we're also going to talk about some more hilarious twitter content we saw earlier in the week with unc wilmington doing a little tarp pool contest to see which team pulls the tarp. I'm always down for a good tarp pool story. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to, we're actually going to dive deep into the backyard baseball characters. Like we hinted at on the first episode and where we think each one of them would commit to college just based off of their skill set and their looks and all of that. That's going to be and hilarious. Those are going to be off the top of our head decision. We, I have not done any research. It is straight. Look at them get a vibe for them. I mean, Ben, you know, the personalities of most of them, right? Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's going to be know the per head. And we know the personalities of each team and how they recruit and what kind of players they recruit. So that's going to be hilarious here in a little bit. Uh, we're also going to do some shout outs at the end of the episode with some people on Twitter Threw that up last minute. And uh, we're going to dive into who we think are going to be the top three teams in the ACC this year and top three teams in the SEC plus a sleeper team for each conference. And then, um, I guess next week we'll do Big 12 and Big 10, and then Pac-12 will be last but not least. And we are, I guess, we're two, two, three episodes away from the season. Yeah, so uh, this will be – this episode will be three episodes until the start of the regular season. So we'll have two more after this, and then you guys get, get excited because we're going to have a full season, full slate of podcasts coming your way once the season starts. So – Dimitri, what I think we're going to do is actually do Big 12, Big 10, and Pac-12 next week. And then okay. the week after that, we'll do some of the big mid-major conferences and group of five. Conferences. Yep, big mid-major. And then I think, Ben, I think we should go two episodes a week leading into the season. So we'll do a Sunday night and then a Christmas Eve edition right, I guess, the Wednesday night or Thursday night before the season kicks off on Friday. For sure, for sure. So cool. So we're, uh, we're planning out the season already. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. 
So let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about this Mississippi State versus Arkansas little Twitter rivalry going on, which I think is hilarious. So what I'm going to say is there was a little bit of exchange back and forth between some Mississippi State players and fans and Arkansas players and fans based off a picture that Arkansas tweeted out of, it was actually a video that they tweeted out of their players doing some preseason um, practices to start off the uh, official official practices to start the season. I should have just said that. And then we have old Riley Self commenting on it, who I feel like has been at Mississippi State for 10 years now. He's your, he's your Reggie Ball. He's your Hunter Renfro style player. Yeah. Seventh, eighth year guy. Yeah, he's got to be on his eighth year now, it feels like. And so he, he comments on it and says, that's weird. No masks. We want to, we want to actually play this season. So harmless, but at the same time, hold, like, take- hold on, hold on, hold on, dude. When I first saw that tweet, I was like, dude, don't, don't be that guy. Please do not be that guy. Like, like oh, it, it irritated me. It really that- irritated me. And he was that guy. So naturally, you know, probably Arkansas's best player this season, Christian Franklin quote tweets him quote, t- quote tweets Riley self and says, I quote, shut up. Which in any argument is just, uh, it's just one of my favorite comebacks. Just shut up. It's like a dude, shut up, dude. Like no one cares. Yeah. Like shut up, dude. Like, like, like just shut up. Yes. And then long John silver at Jacob Kriska, number three, actually tweets a video of Riley self giving up an absolute bomb on, on ESPN to one of Arkansas's players. It kind of looks like, Maybe Dominic Fletcher or some lefty hitter. It looks like I don't know exactly who I think, it was. I, I I think it's Fletcher. Yeah, and so Riley Self is a is a relief pitcher for Mississippi State, and so they just you know a little chirping back and forth and just says this you like hey man like we own you right now like Arkansas owns you, and then the the kind of the low blow of the day comes to uh, Coleman Gilder at Southpaw eight nine seven, who just puts a picture up of Arkansas who was one strike away from winning a college world series back in 2018 or 2017, I believe. And it says, don't worry about it. It's hard for them to catch anything referring to the virus. Also referring to the most famous or infamous dropped foul ball that could have won on the college world series. So there we have it. Just a good old Twitter beef three weeks before the season starts. I cannot wait Dimitri until I see Christian Franklin step in the box against Riley self this year, because I think they're going to have a thousand, maybe, maybe a mil, maybe closer to a million eyeballs watching that. There's well, going to be some kind of a viral moment. Well, let's, let's take a step back to the beginning. Let's take a step back to the beginning. Don't poke the bear. It is a great quote, or don't bite the hand that feeds you. Riley self attack Arkansas unprovoked. Like, like, first of all, what are you doing on their, on their Twitter? Like, like, and fans will probably tweet, like, get off Twitter, dude, go, go work out, go to the gym, acting like any athlete, professional college doesn't have any free time. That, that's one of my biggest pet peeves. When I see people say, get off Twitter, dude, you, you're, you should be getting ready for the season. Like, like, you're not practicing for 24 hours. But anyway, when he, when he, when he, when you go ask somebody like that, it's stupid. But by the way, Mississippi State tweeted a video later that day. Nobody was wearing a mask either. They got of course they had they all were. their they had all their little what do you call those thing 
they have it around their neck and pull it up. Oh, I call them a fishing mask. Yeah, they're basically fishing masks. Yes, like you wear when you're deep saltwater fishing. But anyway, they didn't have masks on, so everybody was like, um, "Oh, that's ironic." But yeah, he went after them unprovoked. And that shit pissed me off. Like Twitter police, Corona police, they're the worst. They're they're. You can take offense to this or not, but they're the worst kind of people. Worry about yeah. yourself. Worry about your damn self. I liked it though, man. I thought when I when I saw that, I was like, oh boy, this might get interesting. Just because I knew both fan bases are very passionate about baseball. I know there's always that inner rivalry between Arkansas right, fans and Mississippi State fans. Who, question for you. Do you think he cared about Corona more? Or do you, do you think he just wanted an excuse to go attack Arkansas? Riley Self doesn't care about Corona. I can just tell off his personality. That guy's not scared of it. He was he just was trying to he was trying big. to stir the pot a little bit. He was digging at him. Yeah, for sure. But like, I don't blame him. I mean, they're no, too, no, 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 no. That's they, totally fine. If that was his in, intent, I'm I'm good with it. Right. And and so I mean, Riley Self has been there for. I'm actually about to look up how long he's been there because I think it's closer to eight years than five. Uh, maybe it's just because we've seen a lot of them coming out of the bullpen. But going back to my point between the two fan bases, they've always had like this love hate rivalry like they both appreciate each other uh the fans do for how seriously they take baseball and they've both had a lot of success recently and ben, what's the one thing they bitch about mississippi state and arkansas fan they have one they're, thing they're in common they bitch. their stadium their stadium their damn stadium they don't stop bitching about whose stadium is bigger and better and nicer it's a penis measuring contest yeah but it's not like we hate you we hate you it's like i don't know i always got like just more more love vibes than hate vibes like no, obviously but, there's hate between mississippi state and ole miss or like arkansas and i don't know i don't think they like each other yeah but it's i think they appreciate each other like they feed off each other and get better so yes like you like i think that's how most healthy rivalries are it's two good team that they know are both good they have the respect but they also don't like each other i think it's like that yeah but they bitch and complain about whose stadium is bigger. They're both massive. They're both beautiful. It's a dick measuring contest. You're never. It's never going to end. Yeah, but I mean, let, let them have it. Let them have it. That's good. But man, I've been mean to Mississippi State a lot already. Wow. Yeah, I know you called them out last week. That was dumb. But what we can look forward to, Dimitri, is March 26th through the 28th. Arkansas travels down to Mississippi State, and I am so excited just to hear the banter back and forth between the two teams. Um, yeah, absolutely. Arkansas, Arkansas fans travel well, and I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be an electric atmosphere for sure. I mean, remember who's the last player they clowned? Let's see if you remember. I know you do. Mississippi State, Arkansas. Who is the last player? Oh, Doug Nikhazy for his nose picking. And that was that was they went after him. Yeah, they did. So, you know, Riley Self is going to toe the rubber. Um, damn it, it's at Mississippi State. They'll travel well. You're right. They'll travel well. But if it was at Arkansas, you might get a ball four, ball five chant. Yeah, maybe. But that's more Texas A&M's kind of thing to do. But anyway, so the good news is that Riley Self is actually a good player. It's not like, you know, the 25th man on a 35-man roster. Like, Riley Self is a career 13-2 and two at Mississippi State with a 3.7 ERA. Like, he had a little bit of a bad season back in 2019. He was getting roughed up a little bit and gave up some homers. But uh, besides that, like, 13-2 and speaks for itself. Like, he's probably the leader of the team. 
I, I imagine he's the oldest guy. I mean, he's been pitching since 2017, so he's, I don't know, like 24 now, 22, something like that. And oh, yeah. I mean, this is his fifth year. So he's got – I mean, he's got a lot to prove this season because I think he does have major – I mean, pro baseball aspirations, and I think he'll get a shot. But that's something to look forward to back in – up in the middle of March. It's going to be fun just keeping up with it because I guarantee you Christian Franklin's going to step in the box and try to hit one 800 feet. So uh, we'll see Which about that. Fine. Which yeah. is good. It's good. But uh, the, the thing on Twitter that cracks me up the most in the college baseball world this past week was – UNCW, so North Carolina, North Carolina, Wilmington, they had one of the funniest contests to see which team, like which team was uh, going to pull the tarp. Was it going to be one team or the other? And they settled it by standing at home plate and seeing who could roll the baseball closest to the top of the mound. Which any kind of catcher out there listening to it, they that's like the number one priority as a catcher. It's not to catch the ball and frame it for strikes. The number one priority for catcher is after catching strike three of the third out, rolling the ball back to the top of the mound to see if you can get it to sit on top. So I was cracking up at that. Um, Dimitri, let me ask you, like, what are some other creative ways that teams can decide on which, which inner squad team pulls the tarp in case it's raining? Um, Anything off the top of your head? Cause I don't know if we can top the, uh, the ball rolling to the mound. The only other thing at the end of BP, a lot of teams have like a BP uh, a home run round, pimp round, whatever you want to call it. I mean, the, I mean something like that. Um, hey, I'm more, always down but, for a home run derby to settle debates. Like I think the presidential debate should have been settled by a home run derby. Um, <laughs> no, that'd be funny. Um, I don't think we would have saw any home runs though. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe maybe, but um, I don't know. That was pretty good. Um, the dude, dude, creativity was there. Execution was not there. Yeah, execution wasn't quite there. But it's and you're putting them on the spot, only giving them one roll. I mean, they did a decent job. I don't even know if I would have gotten close. I probably would have rolled it 40 feet. Um, would you rather have a competition for which side of the team pulled the tarp or everybody just pulled it? Um, a little competition for sure. I know it makes it much easier if everybody's pulling. I might, but I at, might. The, at the same time, Dimitri, you know as well as I do. Not everybody pulls the tarp. And people just stand there and hold on to it, but they're not no, pulling. There's they're probably, not pulling. They probably like not six pulling. guys that are pulling that, you know, that's their job is to is to I would rather, be I would the rather effort guy. win, force 15 guys to pull, and it takes all 15 of them to move it. Right. I mean, it's all 15 guys are going to have to pull. So Yeah, you can't um, have – if you have 30, 20 guys are going to pull, 10 guys are going to sit there and pick their nose and worry about their cleats or their shoes, and they're not going to touch the damn tarp. One right. of my, it pisses me off. So um, that was another thing that was funny on Twitter this week. And, and another thing I just have to give a shout-out to, just because I know, Dimitri, you're big into it, but holy Dogecoin, or Dogecoin, however you want to say it. That Dogecoin, GameStop, and AMC took over Twitter this week. And so what I'm thinking is we have to pick – a doge is it pronounced doge or doge doge so it's a cryptocurrency so dogecoin we have to pick a dogecoin player of the year right now someone who is severely underrated worth less than two cents but by the way this is not a financial advice we just have to put the claimer out there ben we are not we are not investors we are not trained investors we have to put the financial claim that we are not giving Uh, out advice it's, it's a joke Okay, good. Okay, I was like, uh-oh, did I just mess up Just there? like Barstool does their – this is gambling advice. Please gamble responsibly right. or whatever. 
So like, who's going to be like your Dogecoin player of the year? Like someone that, or maybe t- let's do team of the year. Who's your Dogecoin team of the year right now who has no expectations except people are going to have fun rooting for them and they could exceed expectations and be worth five times what they're worth right now. I'm going to make my choice purely off of, I love their uniform and they have, they have some momentum. I'm going with McNeese state. McNeese state dude. Yes. And do you remember a couple of years ago when they, when they made that regional and mm-hmm. they all showed up off the plane with cowboy hats and you know where they got that idea from? No idea. The, my university of Miami. Really? When did they do that? Um, so back in the in the 80s, they were playing, I think it was Brian and the Boz in Oklahoma. They showed off, they came off the plane. And, and by the way, what, what's the word for it when you walk off in camo? Um, I have no idea what you're talking about. When you're walking uh, in camo? Yeah. I don't know what that means. I'm going to tell you right now. It's... Um, uh, I think you just made that up, Dimitri. I don't no, think no, 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 no. There's a word for it. Damn it. I forgot what the word is. Anyway, Miami, before I think I'm 99% sure, before playing Brian and the Boss in Oklahoma for the uh, for the Fiesta Bowl, they showed up off the plane all camo with those curled up hats that you see in like, I don't yeah. know, like, like in Vietnam or something. In video games, they have a little curled up side hat, military yeah, hat. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. They got off the plane in those and absolutely kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> and when McNeese did that, I was just like, dude, dude, I love this team. I love it too. And we do need to give a special shout out to McNeese baseball now that we're talking about it. They uh, they went through some troubles this offseason. I think they got hit by at least two, maybe three hurricanes and totally destroyed their field. But this past week on Twitter, they released what their new field's going to look like. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's it's blue turf cuts around the bases and on the outside trim. Uh, they have one of the best logos, I think, in college sports with the with the cowboy with the M in front of it. One of my favorite logos. And so that's going to be in center field. So it looks like they they raised a lot of money to rebuild that stadium. So I'm, I'm happy for McNeese baseball. They went through a lot this offseason and uh, they're going to be ready to play. Hi, this ben. Who's your who's your team? Um, so my team this year, I, I like Georgia Southern a lot. I think okay. Georgia Southern was out to prove a lot of people wrong last year. They ended up beating Georgia, I think, three times, maybe twice. And that Georgia team was no joke. And so Georgia Southern this year, I, I could definitely see making some noise in the Sun Belt and, and absolutely making a regional. So you know, you know who fit the criteria. Sorry, I just cut you off. You know who good? fit the criteria for Dogecoin of team. A team like Rice. Rice. No, because, listen, the difference between Rice and Dogecoin is, like, Dogecoin's never been worth anything. And Rice used to be uh, – they used to be a household name for college True, baseball. true. So maybe a team like – Like Mississippi Valley State or um, Tennessee Martin or <laughs> – Florida A&M. Florida hey, A&M Florida used just, to they, destroy they just, Mercer. They, they, they peak – they peak up a little bit and then they just fall back down and then they stay dormant for three years. They peak and then they just dormant for three years. Kind of sounds like Texas baseball, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, but but that's like rice. Yeah, it's true. 
dude, how about how about a team like Central Connecticut? You remember when they made regional? Oh yeah, they were fun, man. They were fun to root for in the uh, Arkansas uh, regional. Who was the team? Who was the team that took East Carolina all the way to the game game seven of the regional? Two oh, years ago. Shoot, you're right. Um, because they ended up like beating Louisville or somebody. No, 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 no. They no, beat they- East Carolina. They beat East Carolina as the four seed, and then they beat um, who was the two seed that year? Ole Miss. No, I think it was Louisville. Maybe it was Ole Miss. I think it was Ole Miss. No, it was an SEC team. They had no business losing, and they beat them. And then, and then East Carolina came back to win the regional. I know. I remember doing all that on the podcast. I literally just can't think of who it was. Maybe um, I want to say it was a North Carolina school. Um, I honestly, I think the school was from up in the Northeast. It was up Northeast. Why do we keep doing this to ourselves? Now I can't find, I can't remember well, that word. While, while you look it up, while you look that up, I'll go ahead and, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this college or this backyard baseball thing. And right. I know some of the, I know some of the listeners have no idea what backyard baseball even is. It was a, one of the most popular games in our childhood. It was on the PC. It was on the GameCube, the Wii. Nintendo Wii, basically a bunch of just random characters who based off their skill set were either good at the game or bad at the game. And you would draft each game, uh, draft a team. So they had some, some major league baseball players in it. Um, they also did like backyard football, backyard basketball with real like NFL, ML, MLB and NBA superstars. So backyard baseball, if you don't know what it is, just Google it and you'll see a list of the characters. And so we had a, we had a guy comment on one of our things recently on social media and he was like i want to know where each backyard baseball player would have committed to college and that was probably the best idea i've ever heard because i played that game growing up all the way until i was probably in high school and i just and i cannot believe shout out to our guy um bender remember the catcher quinnipiac quinnipiac yes dude was that who it was they beat they they beat campbell and nc uh they beat campbell and NC State. And NC State, but they beat East Carolina and Campbell. That's right. I do remember that. And Campbell had a good squad that year. Um, uh-huh. Quinnipiac, you're right. And so that was the last episode we did of the season last year when we interviewed the catcher that was uh-huh. uh, going nuts after that that ball four that should have been strike three. Interviewed yep. him, got his take, and he was a good time. And uh, so, yeah, Quinnipiac. I'm buying the Quinnipiac stock right now. I like that team. They're, they're, they're fiery. Um, but anyway, so going back to backyard baseball, um, we're going to go just through a list of like the popular names, uh, Pablo Sanchez, Pete Wheeler, Ricky Johnson, Ernie, Ernie Steele, Stephanie Morgan. Um, uh, God, man, there's so many more. Uh, but anyway, so let's go ahead and start with the most popular player who I think is no doubt Pablo Sanchez. Uh, he's a legend. You see his, I mean, his, his image alone is on t-shirts nowadays still. Pablo Sanchez just because just because he was the best overall player for any game backyard football basketball baseball he was four foot nothing had a fat belly and hit bombs and was fast when I look at Pablo Sanchez I instantly think Miami Hurricanes what do you think Dimitri I was gonna dude you can't say Miami if I was gonna say Pablo I mean, Sanchez scream. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's the most obvious choice is Miami. Um, okay, Pablo Sanchez, where else would he go? 
I would honestly, if 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 you're gonna take Miami, my other choice would have been like a like a Cal State Fullerton, maybe. I was I dude. That's funny you say that. I was gonna say like a UCLA small guy, really good player, but drop bomb. Kind of kind of I don't know why, but kind of fits the mojo of UCLA. But um, dude, I was gonna say Miami. Oh, the other the only other place I could think of would have been like San Diego State or something. Yeah, no, definitely. I could see him going either out west or like in Florida somewhere. And not because he's Hispanic, but just because we've seen players in college baseball that look very similar to him, have similar skill sets. And that swag, that like that, yeah, just swag. swag, just five tool player, not oversized. Ooh, what about like an Oregon State too? Someone like a Darwin Barney yeah. or, um, Oh, I forget the kid's name. They got drafted like three overall. Now he's playing for the White Sox. Madrigal, something Nick like that. Madrigal. Yeah. So Pablo Sanchez, small, we're gonna make small, small yeah. guy. Dimitri, remind us. We need to make some graphics of these. Just committing to college with the with the hat on or whatever, a jersey, whatever it is. We need to make some because I think those would All go right. viral on Twitter. Um, so moving on, the next most popular player by far is Pete Wheeler. Uh, he just not he doesn't have all of his brain cells i don't think he's definitely um it's i think it's okay to say he's dumb he's a dumb player but just super athletic hits from the left side of the plate has power um runs the bases i mean he's an automatic stolen base when he's on base and there's two teams there's two teams i could see him playing at and obviously don't take offense because i said he's dumb i'm just like he looks like he'd play at these two schools. So, Dimitri, go ahead and try to guess what one of those two is. Oh, so it's not out now. I have to put. I have to pick first after you say he's yeah, dumb. I'll let you pick first. All right, all right. Pete Wheeler. I think I told you. I think I told you this before, but Pete Wheeler had that slap hitter singles kind of vibe. Fast. He reminds me of either a Louisville. Or a Mississippi State. I I was gonna say Mississippi State a thousand percent. My two were Mississippi State with guys like Jake Mangum and Rowdy Jordan and those kind of guys. Or the other team was Texas A and M with like Hunter Deloach and um uh shoot not Hunter Deloach. Shoemake. Yeah, Brennan Shoemake. Like those guys were are exactly what Pete Wheeler is. So I'm thinking Mississippi State or Texas A and M. This is what we need to do, Dimitri. I, I came up with it on the spot. I just thought about it. We need to do Twitter polls. Make for we're gonna pick two teams for each guy, okay? And we're gonna do a Twitter poll to see which team, like they, the our audience thinks that they would commit to. Maybe we'll make okay. a little graphic for each one. So write this down: Pablo Sanchez, Miami, or would you say uh, UCLA? I said UCLA. Okay, and then I mean and, we know the winner of that one. That's like a no doubter. Yeah, and then and then we have Pete Wheeler, Mississippi State, or Texas A and M. I think those are the two best options. Um, going down the list, though, uh, the third one, the third best player, I think, in my opinion, is Ahmed Khan, and he's kind of tough. I mean, he's a pure power hitter from the right side. He wears headphones while he's at the plate. So Ahmed Khan kind of gives me. You might need to help me out with this one. Like a team that's like very swaggy, hits for power, probably leads the nation in home runs every year. Or Who are we there. doing? Who are we doing again? Ahmed Khan. Okay. I, Amir Khan. Ahmed Khan. Amir's his little brother who kind of sucks. Uh, oh, Ahmed. Ahmed Khan. Khan. You're right. 
The Axeman. Yes, the Axeman. He wears the headphones at the plate. Just unreal power from the right side of the plate. I'm thinking, man, like I'm thinking like a Florida State almost. Like a Florida State or maybe maybe like a Wake Forest. Wake Forest always up in the country in home runs. They got some big power hitters. But I, I need your opinion on this one. I can't. like Akame Khan, headphone called the Axman. All right, so I just pulled up his bio. When he's not busy playing the heavy rocking guitar, Akame is hitting the ball out of the park. Zigzag pitch, best in the league from all the head banging. Um, so Ahmed Khan for me is a hundred percent a. I'm thinking maybe I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech get a little bit of a nerdy vibe, but he still got some of that vibe, that swag. Yeah. I'm kind um, of feeling Oklahoma State now. Really? Yeah, I think those Oklahoma State guys, they they kind of – I mean, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. Nah, Maybe we'll, we'll leave nah, that one up to Florida the, State. You want Florida State. All right, Florida State's mine. You say Georgia Tech for you? Uh-huh. All right, write that down. Um, so the next next best player, in my opinion, is Keisha Phillips, who's six foot two, 200 pounds, just absolute monster. Some consider her a five-tool player. She's got good speed. She's got a good arm, and she definitely hits for power. When I hear those attributes and just kind of look at her, I see Texas Tech written all over her. I, I think she's 100% Texas Tech. Just how many just big human beings have we seen from Texas Tech? There was the guy that won the home run derby. I forget his name. He was there for five years too, I feel like. Um, kind of resembles him. And just power, speed, swag. Keisha Phillips for me is, is Texas Tech. Well, there's there's that Eric Gutierrez. That's who I'm thinking of, Eric Gutierrez. But who was the dude that was there two years ago? Um, um, the one that hit the home run in the College World Series. I cannot think of his name. Uh, anyways, Keisha, okay, so Keisha Phillips, you're going Texas Tech. Yeah, so we need another school for her, even though I think she's no doubt Texas Tech. Keisha Phillips for me. Keisha Phillips fits the uh, Keisha Phillips. Maybe like an Auburn or something? No, no, no. no. Keisha Phillips. Keisha Phillips is a mid-major power bat kind of person. <laughs> I like where you're going with this. Like just a mid-major four-hole hitter. Everyone knows about, about her but she's just not quite like the potential is there. Like she's like one step but away. She was a late bloomer. She was a late bloomer. Yes. So for me, Keisha Phillips is a mid major kind of, kind of player. That's going to be for me, is going to be going to like, uh, uh, that's tough. That's Maybe tough. like a, like a I'm Tennessee with, tech or I'm somebody go, like that. I'm going to go with Dallas Baptist. Okay. I like that. I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. So those are the two for her. Um, we also have, and this one I think is a no brainer. We got Marky Dubois who, I mean, the last name alone screams Louisiana. When I see Marky Dubois play in his appearance, Dubois, Dubois. It's Dubois. 
Yeah. I, I instantly just think Louisiana Lafayette, Raging Cajuns. Like, just first thing comes to my head, Lafayette, Raging Cajuns, power hitter, drives the ball to all fields. Marquis Dubois. Dude. He's the dude. He's the dude with the with the beaver teeth bowl yeah. cut. Yeah, beaver teeth bowl cut, just raw power. Dude, he screams. He screams. Mississippi State. <laughs> we can't do that to Mississippi. We can't give Pete Wheeler and Marky Duval. Right, I'm just kidding. What about like Nebraska? Like dude. a corn husker. All right. Yes, 100 percent a corn husker. Yeah. Okay, so you're going, you're going Louisiana Lafayette. I'm going Nebraska. Yeah, this next one is is hilarious, and I actually have to give credit to uh, a guy on Twitter, D Hutch two eight eight. So there's these blonde twins that are named the Weber sisters. There's uh, Sydney and Ashley Weber, just good good girls that solid players. And D Hutch two eight eight had the roast of the century, and I'm reading this tweet from name again. Do what? Who, who are we doing? It's Ashley and Sydney Weber. Yeah. The Weber twins. They're blonde girls. He yeah. said, he said, Weber twins batting eight, nine hole for Ole Miss, but Ashley misses opening weekend of conference play because she got a DUI after KA formal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't be more spot on than that. So we need to do an edit with the Weber sisters with the Ole Miss hats on. And I, I apologize to all the Ole Miss fans out there, but Getting a DUI <laughs> the week after KA formal is just spot on. Um, Ashley Weber, for yeah. me, for me is a hundred percent. Maybe West Coast girls or something. No, no, no. It's a hundred percent. Georgia girl, downtown Athens. Downtown Athens. I could see that. I could see that. But I promise you, Ole Miss is going to win this one. I, I just, I know it. I know it. I know it. But um, anyways, we got, we're going to do a couple more here. We're not going to do all 40 people, but just a couple more notable ones. We have, uh, let's see, Tony Del Vecchio, who has like a, a lollipop in his mouth, like a Tootsie Pop in his mouth at all times. He just screams to me like Northeast, like New York boy, maybe St. John's. St. John's, does that sound right? I can see. I can kind of like Italian guy Del Vecchio hitting three hole for St. John's. Um, for me, Del Vecchio is more of like a. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but he's got more of like a, uh, like a. Mm, I was gonna say like Indiana or Maryland. Okay, I could see that. Del Vecchio is definitely an Indiana kind of player. Definitely like solid Big Ten player. People know the name. I could see that. That's what I'm thinking. Perfect. And then uh, we're going to do one last one, and it's going to be Jorge Jorge Garcia. And tall, lanky pitcher, glasses. When I see him, and like just the, the uniform he wears, he wears like a sweater vest. The first instinct for me is Stanford. Like I could see him just tall, lanky pitcher, nerd, Stanford all the way. Who's Stanford? Jorge Garcia. Um Jorge Garcia. 
Just Baby look at him, and you're gonna say you're gonna no, say no. He's... I I know I didn't remember him. I had to look him up. Jorge Garcia is <sighs> Jorge Garcia, and I, I will I'm I will to... give some credit to my little brother. He's the one that tweeted uh, Jorge Garcia Stanford, and ever since he said that, it just stuck with um, me. I'm trying to think of like a pitcher. Oh, I know. I think Jorge Garcia fits. You're right. He's got the West Coast vibe. But I'm gonna go like a. Like UC Santa Barbara. Yeah, like a Friday night guy at UC Santa Barbara. I can just picture him on the mound. He's got a towel in his back pocket, takes off his glasses, wipes them off, gets on the mound, 95, 96, just nails, just get that. Kind of, I think you just described a Vanderbilt pitcher, honestly. Carson Fulmer. <laughs> I think you just described Carson Fulmer. Maybe I did, but he's got he's got that West Coast vibe to me. Yeah, he does. He for sure does. So that was fun. Maybe next week's episode, we can do five or six more. But um, if you guys have any suggestions, go ahead and tweet at us because I thought that was just a fun little segment that the ones who understand it are probably laughing really hard. And the ones that don't understand it probably are like, what are these guys talking about right now? But you just look up a picture of backyard baseball characters if you're not familiar. And I promise you it's going to make sense. And we 100% accept the stereotypes we just spat out. Like we were stereotyping very much so, but whatever. Stereotypes are part of it. Like you, yeah. you get regions, you got you got characteristics, get personalities. I mean, college baseball, when you recruit, you've got your hot bid, you've got your pipeline, and you're usually gonna have a, a wave or a pattern of players. Right. Right. Thousand percent. Um, so cool. Done with that for the day. And then our last little segment we're gonna do is just our ACC, SEC. We're not going to call them previews because we're not going to dive sneak, too. It's like a sneak preview. Yeah, like a little sneak preview, kind of get the fans hyped up or, or mad at us, depending if we say your team's going to be good or not. But what we're going to do is just pick three teams each from the ACC, um, who we think will be the top three teams, and then one sleeper, and we're going to do the exact same thing for the SEC. So, Dimitri, go ahead and get us started. You want to start with the ACC or SEC? We can start with the ACC, alphabetical order. All right. So... Um, my three teams from the ACC, and I think I really do think the ACC is going to be really deep this year because the ACC has always been a team, a, a conference. They have a lot of turnover usually on yeah. your on your top end team. A lot of draft guys, but their full roster depth is just not quite there with the SEC. But I think as guys are getting older, I think it's going to be a really good conference this year. So my three teams are going to be Miami, North Carolina, and Louisville. I know Louisville sounds boring and Miami, but, I mean, you can't argue when those are your best teams year in and year out. But my sleeper this year is Clemson. I think Clemson's going to be a good ball club this year. Yeah, I think their pants are too tight to be a good ball club this year. I'm, no, I'm, dude, I'm out on Clemson. It's time for the Mizunos, the way Mizuno to come back. But they have Nike now. It's disappointing. They need to go back to Mizuno. Give Mizuno some love, man. We used to all own a pair of Mizuno cleats. Got them on East Bay for like four ninety nine, um, four dollars and ninety nine cents. Just the generic black Wait, Mizunos. What? Oh yeah, dude, that's that like, cheap. They used to be on eBay or East Bay for like four dollars and ninety nine cents. Like they, it was like they ordered a million pairs and were like, oh, we only sold ten thousand. Like let's just give them away for free, basically. Like just pay I for never shipping. Heard of it. I have never heard of a Mizuno pair of cleats for that cheap. I mean, when I think no, I'm Mizuno, talking like I'm talking like when I was like nine, ten years old, like the rubber spikes. Oh, dude, when I was nine years old, I was wearing okay, eight years old. I remember clear as day with I was wearing a, a pony pony cleat. 
a pony cleat. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 I'm, I'm not kidding. I wore pony cleats when I was eight, nine years old. I got my first pair of Nike baseball cleats, but they were replaceable. The, the replaceable cards? Yes. You could change the colors? No, not those. Oh, dude, those were sick. I'm a big fan of those. <laughs> they were plastic, but you could unscrew them because 10 years old, our first year of spikes, I think. No shot, dude. And so you could Metal spikes them. at 10 years old? Were you, I mean, how old were you playing like in Mexico? Like you were not playing in the United States. Oh, you know what? You know what? <laughs> I think it's like spike, 13. No, not 13, I think. Yeah. Oh my god! Dimitri. So I just I just lied. I just lied <laughs> on on podcast. I just yeah. lied on air. I just lied. Damn it! Um, That's okay. okay. I take that back. Those replaceable ones. I think we're eleven years old. We are so off topic, but this is just another great great talking point. Um, I had I had what did I have at eleven or ten? I, nine and ten. I think I had a pair of Nike, but they were the slip in at like ten or eleven. Yeah, we need to bring back those Nike cleats where you could change the color of the swoosh, man. That was the coolest thing, and they just got rid of them. They just abandoned it. I mean, if I was playing baseball, I'd still wear them here today. All right, anyway, so back to – give me your so, team. So just remind the fans who you picked because I also was not listening. Um, I know Clemson was your Miami, sleeper Miami, North Carolina, Louisville, and Clemson is my sleeper. Bring okay. back the Magunos. So I would be an idiot not to say Miami is probably my favorite to win the uh, – ACC this year I'm a big North Carolina fan but now that I know that you picked them I'm not I'm gonna avoid it I'm gonna go with Georgia Tech I think Georgia Tech is on the right track the recruiting's back up uh, they went through like a four or five year slump where they just sucked but the last couple seasons they were solid and I'm, I'm on the Georgia Tech train this year I think that man the, I don't I can't even tell you why I like them I think I, I hate them so much that I like them like I hate I hate how much they're just going to be a boring team. They're going to have one good player like they always do, and they're going to have a solid weekend staff and a decent bullpen. But, like, something about the last couple of years have shown me that they, they've turned it around. So, but Georgia Tech Georgia Tech is not a postseason team, Matt. I know. They, Ask Auburn that. They let, uh, Auburn, they let Auburn come back after bringing a dude in who was – I don't even know how many – oh, my God. Auburn, Georgia Tech is not a postseason team anymore until they prove me otherwise. That's fine. Well, they're a regular season team like they have been the last couple of years. So I'm going Miami, Georgia Tech, and I'm going to go with Florida State this year. Um, Florida State, to me, they need to be at the top of the ACC every year or else it's a failure. And the Mike Martin effect's gone. Yeah, the Mike Martin effect's gone. But like at the end of the day, their recruiting is better than everybody in S or ACC. Uh-uh. Um, uh-uh. Dude, yes, Miami, number one recruiting class. Well, okay, I know that, but I already put Miami <laughs> at number one, Dimitri. Um, but just looking at the recruiting rankings this year and the last uh, – I looked at last year's too. Like, they have studs coming in. And anytime you have studs, every once in a while you're going to have a dud season just because they're not going to live up to expectations. But this year, Florida State, to me, I can see them hosting a regional, getting back on track. Uh, I think – what have they been to? Like, how many consecutive um, – NCAA regionals like in the 20s or 30s now dude it was like 40 it was like 40 straight regional appearances yeah um so I like I like Florida State this year and then my sleeper team is Wake Forest um man I, I just love the bats in that lineup and I know I know like Lanzilli I think left or got drafted actually I need to check up on that I'm not 100% sure but 
for or Wake Forest to me, they just they're building something over there, and they have to compete with teams like NC State, who has first round draft picks every year, like Patrick Bailey and Carlos Rodon and those guys. But they have to compete with them and North Carolina, who probably is the the most. All right, Ben. Go ahead and finish, but I'm, yeah, I'm, I was I'm gonna... coming back to you on something. Yeah, and um, and North Carolina, who's probably like the most decorated team in the ACC, besides. Oh, you know what? I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. How did I forget Virginia? I think Virginia is going to be a top five team this year. I, I literally just skipped right over Virginia, who I was going to be. Uh, if there was a way to gamble on who's going to win the College World Series, I would take Virginia with any kind of value. Um, so take out. Let's take out Florida State, Virginia. It's going to be Miami, Virginia, and Georgia Tech. Those are my three teams this year. I would love to see Virginia back on top. Yeah, me too. Uh, I mean, ever since winning the College World Series back in 2015 when they beat Vanderbilt, I mean, they they just haven't been the same. Um, But this is the year, dude. I'm buying as much Virginia stock as possible right now. I'll take them plus 2,000 to win the College World Series this year. Um, I I like Virginia. I bet they'd be higher than that. Probably higher than that. Give me Virginia. I mean – that that is a that is a sleeper, a hell of a pick. Yeah, I like Virginia a lot, a lot, a lot this year, dude. I I want to see Virginia back to bending the knees on the mound. Everybody looks the exact same. Who a little was curve the, in the hat? Who? Okay, trivia question for you, and I think I know the answer. Who was the stud lefty pitcher that went number two? Danny Holson. Holson. Yep. Danny Holson, two-way player, John Olerud winner, dude. Yeah, and bust. by the way, he he people consider him a bust. He just got hurt so damn much. Yeah, so damn much. But he was fun to watch in college. He was fun to watch in college. So I'm back on the Virginia train. I I'll get. I mean, I'll get Virginia tattooed on me. I, that's how much of a fan I am right now of them. So. That's my ACC team. We'll move to the SEC now before I get too overhyped with Virginia. They'll probably let me down this year, but whatever. Uh, I'll start with SEC since you started ACC. Hold on, hold on. Going back to Florida State had made 42 regionals in a row. Do you remember 2019 when they got in and everybody was pissed? Yeah, Yes, I do, because they took Texas State spot. Everybody thought it was going to be a different Garnet and Gold team in, and it was uh, Florida State who ended up going to that Georgia regional, right? With, and, they, uh, and they ended up beating everybody that yeah, year. Yeah, they went to the College World Series that year. I remember it because they were not even projected to be a first fl- uh, first four out of the tournament, and they got in. They snuck in because of the, the Mike Martins we, last year and that whole narrative. Well, they went into they that went Georgia- to LSU. Yes. And swept that regional. Dude, they were hot. It was like CJ Van Eyck and um, uh, who was the stud center fielder who was a closer? Mend- there was Mendoza. Yeah, Mendoza. There Mendoza. Who, who, they had a stud center fielder. Um, I, I'll, his name will come to me here in just a second. But, um, dude, yeah, that team came out of nowhere, ran away with that Georgia regional with so, like Florida Atlantic and Mercer and, and Florida, uh, Georgia. Is their streak over or did 2020 not count? No, you, can't. You, you, you kidding me? You kidding me? Yeah, no, you cannot end the streak on that. What are you talking about? They were going to make the tournament last year. They'll make it again this year. They just, they, the baseball gods are on their side. But yeah, that's a record that I don't know if it'll ever be broken. Um, 42 freaking straight regional. If I'm a recruit, I don't really care about anything else. I just want to play in a regional. Yeah. I think you, you know a school you want to go to. For sure. 
Absolutely. And that Florida State team did it with the third baseman who they got straight off of the like the club team. You remember? Uh-huh. Yeah. Walk on. Walk on with playing club ball. Club ball at Florida State, and now he's a starting third baseman hitting in the eight hole. So um, we'll, we'll watch out for Florida State this year. I mean, I, I would be shocked if they didn't make a regional, but um, I think it's pretty safe to say they're going to be a top three team in the ACC. But moving on to the SEC, I mean, I think you're an absolute idiot if you don't have Florida and Vanderbilt one, two in the SEC. Like, you could flip them around if you want. Like, I personally have Florida one, Vanderbilt two, but – with just the stars that they have and and the just the traditions they have as well, the coaching staff. Florida's got a brand new stadium this year too, so it'll energize the boys. Um, Florida Vanderbilt one two for me, and then three I have Arkansas. Don't ask me why. I just think that Arkansas is a really good regular season team. They got they got pieces in the right places. Um, so Arkansas is my third team, and then my sleeper. It's always so hard for me to pick a sleeper in the SEC just because I think that every team is good. Like, like we talked no about. Team, I feel like no team can even qualify as a sleeper unless you're picking like Kentucky. Kentucky or like Missouri. Like those are the Kentucky and Missouri are the two on the bottom for sure for me. But if I had to pick a sleeper, like someone that I would be like a little bit shocked, but not too shocked to win it, um, the SEC, uh, a team that hasn't won it recently at all, I would pick Ole Miss. Like between like Servideo and Kale Baker and uh, I think Nikhazy's still there, right? Um, yep. I mean, why not? Um, why not okay. Ole Miss? And I'm the biggest Ole Miss hater out there anyway, so whatever. So my SEC picks are Florida, Vanderbilt, and now <sighs> I'm, I'm Florida, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M did loot Asa Lacey, but I'm surprised you're not saying LSU here. No, dude. Florida, Vanderbilt. I'm going with Texas A&M and my sleep. Okay. Whoa, wait, you have Texas A&M third? I mean, okay. I, I don't want to influence you in any way, but no, I just no. do not see I them have, as a top three team. I have Florida, Vanderbilt, and you can get mad at me all you want. I like make, I like people that make bold picks. I have Texas A&M at the three, but you have to remember, you have your SEC East and your SEC West. Florida and Vanderbilt are going to battle in the East, obviously. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll have Texas A&M and Ole Miss battling for, for, the, for the West. Okay, That's fair. Yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. Okay. But my sleeper... Rocky Top, Tennessee. Oh, that's a gr- uh, that's actually a great pick. I think Tennessee is my sleeper. They lost a few guys, Alaric Solari and Garrett Crochet, but dude, I think they're building think, something think, special think, over there. I think Tennessee gets over the hump. That that coach he fired me up. He gave them the energy in Tennessee. Two last year, they were they were they were I almost just said the f word very loud and bold. But they are a really effing good baseball team. Yeah. Coach Vitello or Vitello, um, Tony Vitello. Vitello. Yeah, dude, he gets me fired up too. Like, I, I tweet out every time Tennessee baseball tweets out a uh, video of him, dude, I'll, I just automatically quote tweet and say, I'll go to war for this guy and I don't even know him. <laughs> like, if he was leading me into war, right, I'd ben, feel confident. Ben, ben, 
we'll get him, let's get him on the podcast. We'll get him on before the season starts. For sure. I'll have to wear uh, my cutoff shirt and show off the muscles a little bit. Let them know I'm ready to go to war. <laughs> put, some war, put some war paint on yeah war paint oil up the skin a little bit yeah yeah we're gonna get him on he's uh Wait, hey don't sleep on tennessee pavoloni he's good um jake rucker he's good luke L- lupicious you remember that name yeah i do he's he's good and then pitching they had they lost they lost um crochet but that would with that two year, uh, yeah, that was last year. Crochet, we out. Yeah, okay. he was Crochet was a guy that got drafted and made it to but the anyway, major leagues. And Sean Hunley is going to be there Friday. He's got to be their ace. Um, he's going to be Friday night, and then they have some question marks. They have that um, another Dallas, not a Micah Dallas, another Dallas who was a weekend starter last year. Um, he'll be good, but I think Tennessee is going to be a hard team to put away. For sure. No, I see that, man. I, I do. And Tennessee's just been building up for the last three or four years. It wouldn't surprise me one bit if they uh, if they blew up uh, and made it, you know, some real noise in the SEC. Another team kind of similar to Tennessee or another team similar to Tennessee would be South Carolina for me. Um, went on a podcast today, a little South Carolina podcast with our boy Chris Phillips and talked a little South Carolina baseball. And I went in as not a believer I came out of that podcast interview and I was like, you know what? I, I could see. You South know, Car- don't fall for the trap. Don't no, fall I fell for it, Dimitri. Dude, they're going to be good this year. I do. South Carolina is going to surprise some teams. Like they'll probably be a 500 SEC team. But like we talked about last episode, if you can go 500 in the SEC, you're in the tournament. You're in the regionals. And once you're in the regionals, I mean, you're good to go. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Dude, don't fall for the home. The home. I, I you, fell the, for the, it. What, the he was dangling the bait in front of me, and I just <laughs> I bit it so hard. I was Homebody, like, you know what, Chris? You bring bias. up some good points. This just screams so much by Spurs up shell. Yeah. And I mean, it, that, that guy, you know what? I think I think that Phillips guy, I think he's actually a pretty honest dude. I think he breaks it down pretty good. Dude, he's the realest person out there. Like he he'll let South Carolina fans and players and coaches know, like, hey, like we suck this year in football. Like we need to do this, this, and this better. I definitely recommend you guys, if you have any interest in South Carolina, give his podcast a listen. Uh, he'll be dropping it tomorrow. I'm his guest. And we just like we were just boys being boys, man. I'm just broing out, talking good old college baseball stories together. And uh, Mercer goes up and plays against South Carolina uh, March 5th through the 7th. I'm going to make a trip up there and, and watch him. So we're going to have some good content for you guys there. But, yeah, it, I mean, dude, I fell for it 100%. I think South Carolina is going to be not all the way back to like 2010, 2012, when they won two national championships and came in second. Um, not that back, but like I'm saying, like make some noise in the SEC finally for the first time in like three or four years, and and maybe maybe win a regional, get to a super regional. I, I would be able to see it this year. All right, so um, I got to bring this up, dude. Uh oh, um, this is off topic, but it's an article I read the other day, and I wanted just to share real quick. There's a guy named Ty Hensley. He was the first round pick in 2012 with uh, with the Yankees. Okay? Yeah. He was committed to Ole Miss from, um, from Oklahoma. He was committed to Ole Miss, first round pick from the Yankees. When you're a first round pick with the Yankees, you are instantly the pressure's on 
Well, I would say if you're a first round pick from the Yankees, I think if you type that into Google Translate, it just comes out with a trade bait. <laughs> you're, you're instantly just trade bait if you're a first round pick for the Yankees. Like, okay. ooh, what can we trade him for? So he he never he never made it. He never made it to the big league. Or I'm sure you would have known his name. 30th pick, first round, 2012 draft, 1.2 million signed. Now he's an independent ball. I know this is like not college baseball, but dude, this is baseball. It's still it's still relevant. This guy, 6'4", 220, just a unit, right? He was 94, 95 in high school. Um, so anyway, this guy gets drafted by the Yankee, goes to Gulf Coast League GCL, which is like rookie ball. Um, at the end of the season, he had like fatigue or something in his back, right? Play through it. Um, and he just hurt really bad, but he played through it. He ended up getting diagnosed with a torn ab- abdominal muscle. Okay. Something I know nothing about. I've never felt an abdominal muscle in my life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Except if I do a hundred ab crunches, I'm sore as shit and it hurts a lot. Nope. Not me. Okay. So. I always told people you can't pull a muscle you don't have. So I never had to worry about pulling an ab muscle. All right, so then he goes to spring training, all ready to go, right? Tears another ab muscle in spring training. That should be a lesson right there. Just don't have abs. You know, if okay. you don't have abs, you can't tear them. Seven weeks later, um, he had hip surgery. He hurt his hip. Okay? And then he hurt his left hip. So now he's had four surgeries. In a year. Okay. He's 19 years old. He had four surgeries, first round pick for the Yankees. And um, and then fast forward to 2014. The abdominal muscles started hurting again. He ended up playing most of the season. Okay. 2015 rolled around, blew his arm out in spring training. Tommy John. Okay. So he got back up to like 92, 93 rehab Tommy John. So that's five surgeries now, right? Fast forward another year. He's rehabbed. He's ready to go. He gets rule five to Tampa Bay. Okay. So basically that means you get rule five. They have to put you on the 40 man, the new team. Okay. He feels ready to go. He's ready. He's back. He feels 100%. He broke his elbow. So now the seven surgeries, what are we, What am I counting? My counting is seven now. Bone was popping out. He got surgery again. He missed three years in a row before he got released in 2018. And now he's an independent ball, 100% playing and I just thought, holy shit. After the second or third one, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, me too. I'm taking my money and I'm saying I tried. So do you think he's one of these guys that we'll see in the major leagues one day? Like work his way back up if he's healthy? He's an independent ball. They said he looks good. Um, and he went to some, some academy or something up in uh, Michigan or something. 
And I guess he got everything good. He's back. He's 100%. He threw a full season last year. But I just wanted to share that. Holy shit, dude. Seventh surgery. I'm not making it past the third one. No, no shot. No First shot. Round. I mean, good for him, man. Just keep the grind going, man. He's got a dream. He's got a passion. Ty Hensley. Like, we need to get him on the podcast. Let him share his story a little bit. I think he would love that. I, th- I think I think maybe we should because, I mean, Ole Miss fans, I don't know if they remember him. I mean, I think they would back in 2000 and, uh, 2012. A first rounder, that means he would, that mean he was one of their top of crew. Yeah. Um, but I that's thought, dude, that's wild. You don't you don't hear stuff like that. You just hear, oh, he's probably a bust. And but then you wonder like what happened. And I saw that and I was like, holy shit, seven surgery. And they didn't know what was wrong for the longest time. And he's still playing. Good for him, man. Good for him. That should be a lesson to everybody. Just don't give up on your dreams, keep pushing. You know, there's gonna be adver- adversity in the way, but you know. Only person oh, yeah. that's going to stop you is yourself. So hopefully he stays healthy this year. We'll definitely keep up with him. Try to get him on the on the podcast. Yes, send him a yeah, DM. Definitely let him share his story. But uh, anyways, Dimitri, uh, thought the show was great. Um, we're going to be able to produce some more content moving forward. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna share some of those graphics with the backyard baseball players, like we talked about earlier, and uh, let the fans decide where they would go. But anyways, yep. appreciate you guys for listening to the episode. We'll be back next Sunday, only 18 or 19 days left until the start of the season, and that's when we're going to go in full throttle mode. So you guys stay tuned. We're going to have a lot more content coming your way. Um, But have a great week, everybody. We'll be back next Sunday. Peace out.